0: Welcome to Blessings in Christ, I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural in name, Romans 16, 16, scriptural in origin, Colossians 1, 18, scriptural in doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16, and scriptural in practice, James 1 and 22, Our lesson today is by Joey Fox from the Southside Congregation in Beattyville, Kentucky. He's bringing us a wonderful lesson on what we should watch. And we know as Christians, we should always be uh, sober and vigilant and always be waiting for the return of our Lord. Uh, We hope that uh, you enjoy the lesson and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. Hear the blessed Savior, calling the old Oh, we may be laid and rest. No, Give our lesson the title this morning, it would be What We Should Watch. In Mark chapter 13, verse 32 through 37, it says, But of that day and that hour nor, no man, no not angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye take ye heed. Watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house comes, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Well, there's a lot of things that we can watch, a lot of bad things that you can watch, there's a lot of good things that you can watch, but we need to be watchful for our souls. Uh, That's the biggest thing that we need to concentrate on and watch watch how we live our lives so that we'll be found faithful at the end of life's way. Here he's talking about a man taking a far journey and and leaving his stuff in the work. Well, that's us. We're we're to be doing the work. And when the Lord comes, He's going to find us so in doing if we are doing what He asked us to do. Well, with watching and, and looking out for ourselves, We need to watch our words. Uh, You know, you can say a lot of things and it can cause a lot of pain. You can say a few things and it can make people happy. But our words need to be those of the words of the Lord and what He has offered for us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, "...let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth." but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We're to put that out that is good. You know, I go back to my work, and you sit around people all day, and they don't, don't seem like they have a good word to say about anything. And they'll talk and they just spew out stuff all day long. But in the end, it don't amount to nothing. But we're supposed to be using our words for good, to the use of edifying, building up, not tearing down. That's what the world likes to do. The world likes to tear everything down. I go back to our psalm book. You know, the one twelve in your psalm book. It says, "Angry words, oh, let them never from the tongue unbridled slip." You know. That's something we becomes to be on. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter any thing before God. For God is in heaven, and thou, thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. <laughs> That's, that's hard to do. There's so many people in the world that all they want to do is talk. It's just talk, 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 talk. Spew out words, spew out words, and then you look in these. Uh, uh, I look at a lot of articles on the, on the internet and on my phone to try to catch up on things, catch up on what's going on in the world. I would started reading a story, and I will get about halfway through it. I'm just a part of reading, up, reading what they have to say. It's just get to the point. Let's get get down to it. And tell me what, what I need to know with a few words. I don't need to know all the the tos and what furs. Just just tell me what, what we're talking about. And that's pretty much what the word of the Lord is. It's to the point. With a few words, a few words is enough to save our soul. And that's what he looks at here. In James chapter one and verse 19-20, through 20, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I must, must confess that I'm not one that is swift to hear. I'm swift to speak a lot of times and uh, have a lot of wrath sometimes. That I shouldn't have. Had. And that gets me in trouble a lot of times. But he says, here, swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to We're not to move with indignation. What is indignation? Anger. We're not supposed to move with indignation. He wants us to be those that are meek and lowly and trying to figure out how to help people and build them up. In Matthew chapter 12, in verse 36 and 37, it says, But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Our words are going to get us in trouble if we're not real careful. How we use our words can get us in trouble. We better be watching how we speak. Then we're going to spend a little time in Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter twenty-five and verse eleven, it says, "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver." Think about that. If we say it just right, say the right things, you don't have to say a whole lot. It's fitly spoken, it's just right. That brings you mind of the old old adage, the 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 story of Gogolas. She one was not good enough, one was a little less good, but when she got right where she needed to be it was what? Just right. Everything was just right. It was fitly spoken. Then in Proverbs chapter fifteen and verse one and two it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise use of knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. You know, uh, the Proverbs, uh, Sister Laura told me one time that Proverbs was one of the best places to preach from. You learn a lot of stuff. They were the words spoken by King David and, and the things that he had to say, the Psalms and the Proverbs and things of that time. You go through there and you start reading. Everything that it says, it's in a proverb, but it relates to our life, just like the parables that Christ taught in our lesson in our Bible study lesson this morning. They fit to what we have to offer. He says, here, soft answer turneth away wrath, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk on myself again. And I'm preaching to myself this morning too. But I'm going to talk on myself a little bit. That's Kayla's problem with me all the time. Is I talk too loud. I yell. I yell at her. But to me, I'm not yelling. I'm, I don't feel like I am. But then maybe again, I am. But maybe sometimes I could use a better way of just talking to her softly and tell her the story that I need to tell is the giver that would be better. And then in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 24, it says, pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul, to the soul and health to the bones. It says pleasant words are honeycomb. You think about a honeycomb, how, how rich it looks. When they open up and there's that, that honeycomb with all the honey on it. They're, it's sweet to the soul. It helps the soul if we use those pleasant words. Now, friends, I'm gonna tell you, not all the words in the Bible are pleasant words if you're not doing what it says. But if we're doing what it says, they should be pleasant words to us. Pleasant words. <coughs> well, some other things on words. James chapter 3 and verse 2 through 6, it says, For in many things we offend all. If a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which through though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hill, whithersoever the governor listed. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and seteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. You think about that. Uh, Just a few words spoken can take somebody off on a trail that they shouldn't go. Even in the gospel, you think about it. People tell people uh, you don't need to be baptized. There's no need in that. Well then they take that hook line and send it. That was just a little word that you don't have to. You don't need to. <laughs> uh, and you think about Adam and Eve. Eve, they told her you shall not surely die instead of thou shalt surely die. The devil had her to believe that one word, not, was enough, one word was enough to condemn us all. You know? Just think about that. How our words are used, and how our tongue, and he says here, is if we're able to bridle our tongue and keep it in check, the same as a perfect man. Ain't that what we're striving for? We're striving for perfection. It's hard to do, but it's, he's listed it here. We're able to do it. We can do it. And then in Revelation chapter one and verse three, it says, "Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand." You gotta hear it, and then. He says, those that hear the words of this prophecy and read them. we got to understand the words that we're reading. And he said, the time is at hand. Our time is at hand. We've got a short time here on this earth. If we live 80 years, 70 years, and if by reason of strength 80 years, it's just a short time. You think about, we was listening on the radio this morning coming in and they was talking about the turning of the calendar for another month. It's the end of September. Just a few days ago, it was the end of August. It was the end of July. But no time, and it's gone. We'll be, Lord lets us live, we'll be in 2023 in no time. But that's how it is. Some other things that we need to watch is our Actions. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be ye, be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. We need to put ourselves in action and be that example that God would have us to be. Then in 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 1 and 2, it says, Rebuke not an elder, but treat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren; the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. You think about the way that families are. You got a mother, you got a father. Now in this day and age, that may not be so. But in a family, you have mothers and fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers. Well. That's how the church is supposed to be too. The elders are fathers, the youngers are brethren, you know. I've grown up with many, many uncles, many, many grandfathers, the people that we went to church with, i treated them just like that because they know the truth and they tried to teach us what the truth was, just like our father and our mother and our grandparents did. That's the way that God would have it to be. And putting that into action. But he says, rebuke not an elder. You need to be careful how we do that. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Talk no more so exceeding, exceeding proudly. Let not arrogance come out of, the, out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by Him, actions are weighed. Actions are weighed. He's going to look at us and judge how we've been throughout our life. When the judgment day comes, whatever, whenever that is, He's going to. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess what we've done in this body, whether the deeds that are done in this body, whether they're good or whether they're bad. Even the secret things he's going to bring to light, the things that we think thought we had hid from everybody else. He knows. He knows them all. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25 through 27. I love these verses right here, but I've read over them several times. It, but they they mean a lot to our actions. It says, Let thine eye look right on. And let, let thine eyelids look straight before them. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right nor to the left. Remove thy foot from me. Ain't that the action that we should really be trying to do? Is trying to remove our foot from me. The things that would stand in our path to that heavenly goal in after a while. Putting all that stuff away from us. And going straight to the fact and looking right on it. In Matthew chapter 23 through 23 and verse 3 and 4, it says, All therefore, whosoever they bid you observe, all therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their words. For they say and do not, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and laid them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. He's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees here. The, the Lord was talking about the scribes and the Pharisees here. He says, they bind heavy burdens, but He said, do all that they ask you to do, that observe and do. Because the things that they were supposed to do, they should have been doing. But they, they lacked... They wanted to be seen in men. They didn't put their things into action. We need to be putting our words and our action, our things into action. Our works into action. In Revelation chapter 3, in verse 2, it says, Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain. For that are ready to die for I have not found thy works perfect before God. He talked about the seven churches of Asia here. He says in many places of speaking about the seven churches of Asia. I know thy works. I know thy works. Does he know our works? Are we watching what we're doing? Are we watching what we're working at? Are we working at our soul salvation. That's the main thing. But he said, he said here, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. They were they was on the verge of death, not physical death, but on the verge of spiritual death. That's what we're looking at. We don't want to have that spiritual death that's going to land us in a lake of fire after a while. We want the good. Be thou that good and faithful servant. That he asks us to be. Then in James chapter two and twenty-six, it says, "For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also." We gotta have faith. You can believe all day long that Jesus is Christ and our Lord and Savior, but if you don't put that into works and Move on it. Make action of it. He says, faith without works is dead. We're just dead. Spiritually dead. We better be watching our actions. Then in, the next thing that we want to look at is our thoughts. Are we watching our thoughts? In Philippians chapter 4, in verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Do we we think about, and that's hard to put into words, do we think about our thoughts? (laughs) It sounds funny to say, but do we think about what we're thinking throughout the day? Are we putting it on the good things, the pure things, the lovely things? Or is it on the other side? Then in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The things that we live for, they come out of our mind. The the thoughts throughout the day, how how we go about doing something, they all come from our mind. But we need to be putting God in there with it. God should be coming first in our mind. Then in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. But as a man thinks, so is he. Do we think about the Lord? Are we putting our thoughts in the right place? In Psalms chapter 119 and 112 through 114, it says, I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. You know, Dad brought it out this morning. Uh, we are using a lot of the Old Testament. And he said in Romans 15 and verse 4, the things that are written aforetime are written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope, right? Well, you took, read these verses from the Old Testament and like I said before in the lesson, these are some great people that didn't have the hope that we have. Without, without us, they would never have been perfect, right? But they put these things down on paper so that we might have them as a guide. And I think about this. He says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do my love. Vain thoughts. Just old foolish stuff all the time. That's the world. Thinking about old things that we need not think about. Sometimes us as Christians, we put our thoughts on the world and the material things of the world that we shouldn't. We better be watching what we what our thoughts are. In Psalms chapter 139 and verse 23 and 24, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked wicked way in me, and lead me in the way.